podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We're going to have a look, as I've already mentioned today, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. We're going to journey through that ministry in just a few steps to get us to Easter. There are only 10 weeks, including today, that gets us to that point. So only 10 Sundays, which means there's only 10 different opportunities in order to get us to that point as we look through uh, the life, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our journey begins, if you think we've had Christmas and we've enjoyed uh, just celebrating uh, the birth of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to remember, though, that Christmas, yes, we celebrate, but, but Jesus came to earth for a reason. Jesus came to bring life to his people, life to people like you and me. He came to show us how to live, how to act, how to behave. He came to serve God. And ultimately, he came to give his life in our place on the cross. And Jesus' life is heading to that point, the cross at Calvary. But also we have to remember that the grave couldn't hold him. We're heading to that empty tomb. Sin and death will be defeated. Why? Well, so that we might have life, that we might receive forgiveness and that we might be able to come back into a relationship with God that sin separated, but a relationship church that will last forever, not for a short time, but forever. As I've already mentioned, including today, there are only 10 weeks until Easter, a time where we'll celebrate, a time, God willing, where we'll remember all of what I've just mentioned. And in the meantime, what I want us to do, as I say, God willing, to get there, to get to that point, is to go in chronological order just through a few steps that have mapped us, if you like, a route through to Jesus on the cross. It's a a chronological order of Jesus' ministry which begins here today in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1 through 17. You'll remember that we looked at Matthew chapter 1 and 2 or we looked at Luke uh, which told us the Christmas story and now then Jesus is 30 years old and he's at the right age to begin his ministry. Numbers chapter 4 verse 1 through 3, if you want to go and have a look there, um, gives a good reference to show that that was the order of things that God had set out. As Jesus hit the age of 30, that he would begin his ministry. So I've titled today, as we begin this journey, Let's Go. And that's what we're going to do. So let's read chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3. Again, got my NIV Bible in front of me. And we're going to go from verse 1 all the way through to verse 17. It says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, 
and he had a leather belt round his waist. His food was locusts and honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the river Jordan. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do what you think can uh, and do not think you can say to yourselves we have abraham as our father i tell you that uh, uh, out of these stones god can raise up children for abraham the axe has been laid to the root of the tree and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire i baptize you with water for repentance but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And as always, we pray that the Lord might bless the reading of his word. You'll remember that John, he was the baby who leapt in his mother's womb when Mary, carrying Jesus in her own womb, came to visit John's mother, Elizabeth. John's mission was to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. He was set apart for this work by God. John, as we see in verse 1 through, th uh, to th through verse 3, is preaching this good news. He's pointing people to the coming Messiah, as declared by the prophets. And he references Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. He says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John is the one calling in the desert and Jesus, as we see, is on the way. People travelled out to see John from far and wide, from Jerusalem and Judea and the surrounding areas to see what he got to say. You see, the truth is the religion of Judaism had become just that. It had become religion. It was binding. It was constrictive. It was about what you must do or you must not do. And they'd lost their way. And people saw that it couldn't possibly be right. And we see in verse 6 of Matthew um, and chapter 3, it says, People came then, confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan. This is a huge moment. You see, because people are listening to John as he declares that there is a coming Messiah who will seek and will save, a Messiah who will deal with the issue of sin. And they understand that their sin is separating them from God, 
doesn't matter how many rules or regulations they adhere to or the commands that they keep, the truth is they have realised that they have sin in their lives and they have to bring that sin to God in order for God to deal with it, for them to come back into a relationship with God. In the Bible, in Romans 3 and verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, we're in that all today. Think about that. In January 2021, the same rules apply to us. That we're in that, uh, that all who have sinned. And these people here from the surrounding areas, from Jerusalem and Judea, they are coming to John because they're hearing what John's talking about and they're hearing that it makes sense, that they're hearing that it doesn't matter the rules, the regulations. What matters is that their sin is dealt with by a God who loves them. And realising your sin, my sin, our sin, that is the first step. The first step is to say, I'm a sinner. Now, what can I do about it? Well, I could try and, and do things right from now on. I could try and live a good life. I can try and be nice to people. I can try and give to charity. All these things that sometimes the world can paint a picture and say, if we do these things, then we'll get to heaven. The Bible's really clear, though, as we see from Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. doesn't matter how good we are then, we've all sinned and we fall short of God's glory. Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So therefore, when we see that, we can see that the only way back to God is through Jesus. There is no other way. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we realise then, for all of sin, we realise that the only way back to God is through Jesus because we fall short of God's glory. So therefore, the, the second step, the first step is I realise, the second step is I go to God and I say sorry for the sin in my life. As these people here are doing, they're going to John and they're saying, John, we're sinners. And John says, right, this is what needs to happen. You need to confess your sin to God and then we're going to baptise you. I'm going to show you that that sin has been washed away, symbolically showing you that it's dealt with. 1 John 1 and verse 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So therefore, John here is pointing to what John is writing there. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He will wash that sin away. And that's what the baptism here is showing. As people are baptised, they go down into the water, and that symbolises that they are being washed clean. It's a huge Hinge point here, though, is the if in 1 John 1 and verse 9, that if we confess our sin, you see that step one is realising, step two is we go and do something about it. We can't do that off our own merit. We can't do it off our own back. We have to go to God. We have to go to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to let God deal with it. John baptises to show that they are in a position where their sin has been washed away. And this symbolises all of what we're talking about. 
the river washes over them, the River Jordan in this case. Perhaps in your churches it's a, a proper baptistry. Um, at Hope Church we have a paddling pool. It's quite a large paddling pool, granted. Nevertheless, that's all it is. And it's just water out of a tap. But what it means is I am aligning myself with the Lord Jesus Christ, with his death, burial and resurrection. Because we know the whole picture as we have the whole word. But John the Baptist here is symbolising to them their sin is being washed away and they are aligning themselves with Jesus. In these moments then, as John is going about the mission that God has set him on, the time comes for Jesus to begin his ministry. As I've already mentioned, he's now aged 30 and he comes to John also to be baptised. Now notice Jesus doesn't come to John and repent of his sin. He's no need to, has he? He knows no sin. He is the very son of God. He's God in flesh. He cannot sin. He will not sin. He came as the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. So he doesn't come to John to confess his sin. And that is why John panics, because John knows full well that this is the promised Messiah. And as we read in verse 13 and 14 of, of uh, again, Matthew chapter 3, just listen to this. He says, then Jesus came from Galilee to uh, the Jordan to be baptised by John. But, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you. And, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. And then John consented. Jesus had to say to John, look, John, this is what we have to do. This is what we need to do. People need to understand this is how they are going to live. I'm being an example to show them this is how it's going to happen. He says we need to do this to fulfil all righteousness. This moment had to happen, church, to show us as believers what we should do which once we've accepted Christ as Saviour. Once we've realised our sin, we've brought it to God we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, he forgives us from our sin. And then, as believers in Christ, the command we're told to do is believe and be baptised. And then we go into the waters of baptism, wherever it might be, however it might be. To baptise is to total immerse somebody, put them completely underwater. The word is taken from the Greek word baptizo, which basically is where they used to dye garments. They used to go all the way under. You can't leave a bit of a garment out, else that part of the garment won't be dyed. We have to go all the way under in order to symbolise that our sin has been washed away. And as we have the complete picture, we know that we're aligning with the death, the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it had to happen so that we might know and understand what we should do. We align with Christ. And as Jesus comes up out of the water, as he begins his ministry in the way that we know he's going to continue to do as an example for us, he comes up out of the water and the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And God declares who Jesus is. And we see that again as we continue on. 
Verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water and at that moment heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. You know, perhaps you've been to church before, perhaps you've heard um, in church the Trinity mentioned, perhaps you've heard that word before. Well, here it is in full display. And the Trinity simply refers to, and, and forgive me when I say simply refers to, because I still don't grasp this fully. But of course, I'm only one. I'm only a human being. But here we see God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit on display. We worship one God, but our God is one God, but three persons. He's Father, Son and Spirit. And the easiest way for us to understand that is it's God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And in this moment, as Jesus, God the Son, comes up out of the water, the heavens open, God the Father declares who he is and God the Holy Spirit descends on God the Son in this moment. And that's incredible, isn't it? We see the whole picture here that's now on display for us, that God is in these moments working for you and me. It serves to show us in this moment God's might and his power, his unfathomable, the mystery of God, but helps us also to see that this mighty God that we worship beyond our human comprehension or understanding, well, that he loves us. And you might say, Matt, how does it show us that he loves us? Well, think about it. He loves us enough to make these moments happen. Think about the baby in the stable that God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Well, so that we might have life through him. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever then would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That our saviour has come, that God is now in flesh and he showed us in these moments our first steps in order to receive life. John the Baptist has declared them. God has enabled John to bring these moments that if we confess our sin, if we take it to God, then he'll deal with it. And then as Jesus is baptised, he points to our cleansing to come from this death that our cleansing is to come from this sin, that as Jesus is on the cross, that as he gives up his spirit for you and for me, that there our sin is dealt with. Him who knew no sin became sin. And now we get to see all of what's happening here. The Holy Spirit then descends on Jesus. And of course, the Holy Spirit comes to minister to Jesus, um, to him uh, during his ministry. But this is also a moment for us to understand that we too, as we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, at the moment of salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit in order to help us and to guide us on our journey with the Lord. It's an incredible moment. And all of those who come and will come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, past, present and future, Get to enjoy this moment for all that it is that Jesus came, that he went to this place in order that we might know that we can receive forgiveness. And of course, then, that as we do that, 
that we align ourselves with him through baptism. That one day too, that we will see him face to face because of what he has done for us. Jesus then, after this incredible moment, as his ministry begins, he's taken into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And that, again, is worth a read um, if you've got time, perhaps later on or maybe in the week. You can have a look at just the next chapter on in Matthew. But Christ's ministry has now begun here on earth. And as a church, as Christians, we praise God for all that he's done for us. We praise God for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that through him, church, we have life and life eternal. And that is amazing. Think about your position today. Where are you on the scale? Are you in a moment where you realise that you have sin in your life? Are you in a moment where you think, well, I haven't done anything wrong? Well, I'd encourage you to think. I'd encourage you to look into the word and to see. When Romans 3.23 says that we've all sinned, it isn't messing about. It's wholly accurate. And we have to realise that. And perhaps you've realised it, but haven't ever done anything about it. Maybe today's the time. Maybe today's the day where you take that sin to God. And what we have to do is we have to simply say, God, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I've realised it. I've realised I can do nothing about it apart from you. So, Lord, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Please, Lord, come into my life and change me from the inside out. And remember 1 John 1 verse 9, God says that if we do that, if we confess our sin, then he is faithful and he is just and he is able to forgive us our sin. He's able to purify us, to cleanse us, to wash us clean from all of that that's gone before. It's never too late. You never have gone too far. Jesus is enough. And here salvation is available as we've seen in his word. So what we need to do is think about where we are positioned today. Perhaps also you are a Christian, you've accepted Christ as your saviour and you're on that journey and you've started. The next thing then that we should do is to be baptised and that's such a big part of our Christian walk. We're adhering to what God has commanded us to do. He doesn't ask us that we have to do much. One is to believe, one is to be baptised and one is to remember him as we break bread together. So if you haven't been baptised and you are a Christian, then I'd encourage you to get in touch with your local church. If you come to Hope Church, then get in touch. Let's find out. Let's know. Perhaps you're too nervous to get in touch with your, your own church. Talk to us. Let's ask us. We're happy to help. You see, because soon we'll be back in our physical buildings. Soon we'll be able to do physical church again. And it's a great and the right step for us as believers to believe and to be baptised. So I'd encourage you to think about your position today. We thank God that we're able to look into his word. We thank God that we're able to see. And we pray as a church that you might be able to take 
the next and right step. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we've begun our journey to Easter. Father, in your will that you will help us over these coming weeks to go into these next steps as we look at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just so grateful, Lord, for your word. We're so grateful that we're able to see that we have a saviour who loves us. We have a saviour who gave his very best for each one of us. Father, a God who loves us enough to have given his perfect only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we just want to lift high the name of Jesus today. Just be with us now as we continue in our worship. Encourage us, bless us this week. Again, Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing for us. Be with us, guide us, protect us, we pray. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.